Jimmy's Table. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. So today's episode 66 happens to be coming out on the week of the 4th of July, which is also my birthday week, so... But I'm not going to sing to you happy birthday like I did last year at this time. You can go back to whatever episode it was, (laughs) first week of July of last year, and you can listen to me sing uh, happy birthday to myself on my own podcast. Because, well, somebody's got to do it, right? Um, But no, no, I'm not going to do that today. Uh, So today I want to talk about kind of uh, patriotic type things since it is 4th of July week. Um, And I want to talk about sort of national stuff and and stuff to do with religion in relation to national stuff. Um, But before we get into all the heavy-hitting stuff, uh, I just want to wish America a 244th birthday. You look pretty good, kid. (laughs) And in light of such, I would like to play what, you know, one commentator says should actually be the national anthem of the United States of America, and uh, so I'm just going to play a snippet of it right now. If I had to replace the Star Spangled Banner uh, for the National Anthem, I would choose this song by Ray Charles, America the Beautiful. Enjoy. Just going to be a minute, so stick around. Beautiful spacious skies Far amber waves of rain Far purple mountain Majesties beautiful song. I don't know, maybe some of my Canadian uh, listeners out there could tell me how much they like that over, uh, and the bombs in the air, uh, <laughs> national anthem that we sing here in America. So uh, let me know, jimmy at jimmytable.com, or let me know on Facebook or Twitter. What do you think? Uh, do you think we should keep the Star Single Banner as our national anthem, or do you think we should switch over to Ray Charles' America the Beautiful? I definitely have my vote, but I'm not going to let it influence you and in, in the way you may think. Um, so let me know. <laughs> um, but more serious. So, you know, let's move from that. Um, I want to talk today about our hearts when it comes to relationship to this country. Um, I think most of us, including myself, would consider themselves a patriot. Uh, we would consider ourselves, generally speaking, as fans of America 
And even though we admit uh, that America is, is a deeply flawed place and definitely has its share of problems, um, most of us see America, I would say, and rightfully so, as a uh, nation that many other nations aspire to be like, um, and that there is quite something exceptional, uh, exceptional, if might I even dare say, and unusual about us um, that uh, just causes us to be a beautiful city shining upon a hill, <laughs> as if, if I can quote some uh, stuff from Reagan and folks like that. Um, and I, I would agree that largely... Not entirely, though. There's some deep, dark sins America has. That America has largely, though, been a uh, force for good in this world and has definitely influenced the world in many positive ways. It's not to say it's not made some negative, but uh, hey, it's our birthday. Let's not bash America, okay? <laughs> Happy birthday, America. Um, but, you know, so with that, I understand there's some caveat and some nuance there. But overall, I think we generally agree, hey, this is a pretty great place. I definitely enjoy living here, and even though I think there could be some things we could do to make the place a better place, and you probably would agree with that too, um, but that's one of the awesome things about America. America is an experiment um, by which we always are pursuing a more perfect union. Um, but with that said, comes a sort of attachment that I think you and I and many others have developed uh, in regard to America. There's just something about America and it's all its beauty and all its wonder and all the enjoyment that we get out of this country and its history and, and all the good things that uh, we associate with our nation um, that just kind of digs down deep into our hearts and starts, you know, shaping our identity, shaping who we are, uh, how we perceive ourselves, what we believe, what we value, um, and that identity uh, being wrapped up around us, like uh, somebody wrapping themselves in um, the American flag. We, we wrap that around us, and we get kind of baptized into this American spirit and philosophy and mindset. And, you know, again, while I think there's much good about that, I think there's also some things that uh, could be a little dangerous in that regard. Um, especially for those of us, uh, such as myself, who identify as, as a Christian. Um, there's very much real sense as Christians, historically, um, in which you and I as, as Christians have dangerously identified with America um, in almost biblical proportions. Many of us use language that would be tantamount to calling the United States the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. We see ourselves almost as a people of God. Uh, many of us would say we are a Christian nation founded on Christian values with Christian beliefs and yada, yada, yada. And while there is some truth to that, uh, that of course is not the entire picture. And I think there's a great many of us who distort that into uh, you know, sort of a revisionist uh, sort of idolatry, if you will, that makes America into something America actually isn't in history. 
Um, that's not to say that there hasn't been a lot of Christian influence. The, the many early pilgrims were definitely looking to flee England and start Christian colonies over here as an example to the Church of England of what they could aspire to be um, if they would just follow the example of the Puritans and uh, that you know settled over here. Um, but I won't get into that. We're not going to get into that today. But I just bring that up to say, regardless, it's almost unavoidable um, whatever your perspective is on American and church history and how they interweave uh, together, the fact is they do interweave. Um, and we have a hard time, you know, kind of unsewing the fabric of that interweaving um, and, and, and untangling ourselves from that. To, to be a Christian is to be an American and to be an American is to be a Christian in our mindset and uh for those of who live in this country that you know aren't christian if they're you know we might tolerate them if they're jewish so we'll say american judeo christian values um but you know all of a sudden there's no room for muslims uh you know or or atheists and and people of other faiths or lack thereof uh we kind of make them feel like hey maybe you don't really belong here anyway because this is a Christian nation, after all, right? So we kind of have this interweaving of everything going on. And I can't help but think, you know, if, if our religious perspective shapes how we view ourselves nationally, how are we view ourselves nationally, I can't help but wonder if it doesn't distort and shape our religious perspective on things. Um, and I've grown of the opinion over the years that, as the late Art Katz used to so fondly say, you are far too American uh, when he would preach to his sermons to his American churches that he would preach to. Uh, many of us as Christians were much more American than we are Christian. And I think that's a danger, especially since we live in an age in which... Um, you know, the the way we think, uh, the way we act, and what we believe is increasingly being um, moved and shaped uh, by the spirit of this age and um, by certain subsets of uh, American thought and belief, uh, especially when it comes to the arena of politics. We started identifying ourselves as Americans, patriotic Americans, um, and we think, well, Americans must think certain ways. And, and today, most people would pretty much identify that Americans are either going to think in terms of being a Republican or in terms of being a Democrat. Um, and we live in an age in which there isn't too much middle ground uh, in the political sphere and how it, uh, you know, the parties we associate with. Instead, we are being increasingly pushed into polarized parties um, and warring factions and tribes within those parties. <laughs> um, and, you know, we see this sort of extreme sort of uh, rhetoric ratcheting up day by day in this country. And uh, we become increasingly more and more polarized. And it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you find yourself on. If you're a progressive-leaning individual, if you're a Democrat-leaning individual, or if you're a Republican and conservative-leaning individual, 
um, the forces that be that that uh, are part of this nation um, and our identity as uh, as citizens of this nation are increasingly pushing us, no matter what our backgrounds and beliefs are, into more extreme polarized camps. And the Church of Jesus Christ in America has not escaped, I've noticed over the years, has not escaped this polarization. Um, and we are now to the point where um, to be a Christian is to be associated with primarily one political party and not the other. That's not to say other Christians can't be found, or Christians can't be found in other um, political parties, but if you were to say, hey, I'm an evangelical Christian, um, well, you could probably surmise that uh, I'm probably in a right-leaning, conservative-minded sort of uh, mentality more often than not. And that means, as such, I'm going to be voting Republican of my choice come the election, and I'm going to be enthusiastically supporting Donald Trump, and I'm going to utterly turn my nose up at Joe Biden or anybody else that any of those ridiculous Democrats might be running as president. Because, you know, just Democrats are anti-God and Republicans are pro-Christian, right? And that's how the thinking goes. And even though, while you know, I definitely see why some people um, think that way, I think this is ultimately kind of a uh, trap that we're falling into by the devil. Um, you know, we, we consider ourselves American first and Christian second. Um, and as a result, we allow our national allegiances to inform and shape our faith and to the degree that we're going to be involved with anything politically uh, in this nation. And I think that's, that's, uh, kind of dangerous because if anything, it should be our values teach us what, um, we should hold to when it comes to all things politics. But truth is when it comes to the world of politics, we're much more often shaped, um, by our political affiliations and our parties telling us what we think uh, Christians should value. <laughs> and if you were to analyze what I just said, the essence of it is, as Christians in America, we're worldly. We're much more attached and have much more affection for systems of political and economic thought that are rooted in things that are not ultimately of our faith. And we allow our attachment to those things to ultimately ship and morph and shape our faith instead of our faith shaping our politics. Now, I'm not saying that we do that all the time, every time, and that's exclusively what it is. The world's more complicated than that. But I believe this because we have had this strong identity as Americans, um, as Christians, um, that we've fallen into the same um, trap that everybody else has in this country. And be, with the shifting um, culture that we are seeing right now, uh, we're becoming increasingly polarized with the culture. And not because of our faith, but that's just because the way that the culture is ultimately trending. Um, and, and instead of standing as a witness 
against it all and, you know, being anchored into the rock of our faith, um, which should make us immovable in these cultural arenas, uh, we are increasingly being shifted to the left and to the right um, and in polarized extreme camps without much in the way of middle ground. And all of this is ultimately because we are far more American than we are Christian. Our identity as such, and I think that identity and that, that baptized spirit that we have embraced as American Christians is something that we need to disassociate ourselves from. The old timers uh, have a saying, and I think it's a great saying, and today it ended up being the, the title of today's show, but, uh, or play, the title of today's show, rather, is a play off this old saying. Um, the title of today's show is In America, But Not of America. And uh, if you've uh, been around in the church for a while, long enough, you've probably heard the phrase, in the world, but not of the world. And that old phrase that we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world, talks about where our loyalties and spirit and heart and minds ultimately lie. That yes, we acknowledge as Christians that uh, you know we've been born from above, and just as Jesus walked around on this world um, incarnationally, flesh and blood, uh, God made flesh, so you and I as Christians are supposed to live in a similar manner, that you and I are supposed to be the incarnation of Jesus in this world, that we're to be his hands and his feet. Uh, his mouth, and and our heart is supposed to be beating with his heart. But that ultimately all is in jeopardy when we are in this world um, and of this world. <laughs> you know, and that's where many of us are. We are both in this world and of this world, but it's not supposed to be that way. As the old timers used to say, we're supposed to be in this world, but not of it. You know, we're supposed to be the ones that are influencing the way this world runs instead of the other way around. And in the same vein, if I might be so bold as to say, and repeat what the title of this show is uh, today for jimmystable.com, today's episode, episode 66, is In America, But Not Of America. And I believe for far too long that many of us as Christians have been much better at being American than we have Christian. And because of the historical association that our faith has had uh, in the history of this country, we feel pretty cozy with that. And we get to the point where we almost feel like I said earlier, to be an American is to be a Christian and to be a Christian is American. Uh, to be an American, and we don't make a real distinction between the two, and we get downright cozy with attempting uh, to have it both ways. But at the end of the day, like I said, that's worldliness. And that's something that we cannot do and maintain our faithfulness to Christ and faithfulness to the gospel and to be the people that God has called us to be. Far from there being a Christian nation out there in this world, and many of you wrongly believe that America is quote-unquote a Christian nation, the only Christian nation to ever exist in the history of the world is the Church of 
Jesus Christ. Now that's Bible, folks. <laughs> that's Bible. In fact, it comes from a passage of scripture uh, I'd like to read um, from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 11. The Apostle Peter said, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. And you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul. I think we really need to take that passage to heart. As Christians, the Apostle Peter says, we are our own chosen race. We are our own royal priesthood. We are our own holy nation. We are God's people, God's priesthood, God's race, God's possession. And we've been put here for a purpose ultimately so that we may proclaim the excellencies. I love that verse. To proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And he ends with the exhortation, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul. How many of us truly have the mindset that as the church of Jesus Christ, that we are actually a nation? And the head of our nation is the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. We have no allegiance to any president or any political party. Our allegiance is as Christians to Jesus Christ alone. We have but one tribe that we belong to, and that tribe is not Republican, and that tribe is not Democrat, or really anything in between. <laughs> it's not libertarian either. Sorry to sorry to break your uh, break your hearts there, folks. Um, but as Christians, we have one tribe. We're one people. We are a one holy nation. There is no other holy nation that you and I as Christians ultimately belong to. Now, of course, we live here. Like, I wake up every day and I look at the soil and it screams red, white, and blue. Um, you know, it screams America, right? <laughs> um, and it's a great place to live. I love it. Um, but according to the Apostle Peter, we need to live as aliens and strangers. And that word strangers can be also translated as a foreigner or as somebody living in exile. Do you wake up every morning living as an alien? Do you wake up every morning and live as somebody who's amongst a group of exiles? And you know that, that the idea of an exile there has a, has a pretty rich biblical history. You might not think too much of exiles in your own experience because, well, it's not probably been an experience any of us have probably had. Uh, although maybe some of you out there have listened to this podcast that have been exiles from somewhere, but I digress. Um, if you have, email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com, um, uh, and share your story. But, uh, you know, we are supposed to have the mindset as Christians living in America that, we, that one, this nation is not our nation. We have another nation, and it's the Church of Jesus Christ. Um, and that we, as Christians, are living here as if we're foreign residents. Um, as somebody from another country, 
And I don't think we have that mindset. Instead, we live here in as Americas as if we were Americans. And yeah, you might hold some sort of, you could say, well, I hold a dual citizenship. Fine, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm not here to parse technicalities with you. But I am here to challenge you with the mindset and philosophy and the thing that attaches itself to your heart and mind. Um, because I think when it comes to living as a Christian in America, instead of living here as a foreigner, uh, you know, we live here as somebody that's quite comfortable, and we blend in with, ultimately, everybody else. But you know, one thing I've noticed over the years, and I've, I've had many friends, I've been privileged to have many friends over the years that um, were first-generation immigrants, um, and friends that were exchange students and, and things of that nature. And you know, one thing I noticed when it came to uh, my foreign friends, my immigrant friends, is that, you know, at some point in life, of course, they moved here from another country, and, you know, many of them have, you know, continued to live here and actually become United States citizens and plan on being here the rest of their lives, which is, you know, fantastic. But uh, regardless of, you know, their intent of staying here and the length of stay that they plan on having, um, no matter how long they have lived here, I could always tell my immigrant friends from the moment I met them and something I was always cognizant of throughout uh, my interactions with them through over the years is that even though they're here, <laughs> you could tell they weren't from here. You could tell they weren't from here from the moment you s saw them. Uh, they, they ultimately just sort of carried themselves in a different way. They, they talked different than everyone else. They got an accent, and not in my southern drawl type accent. <laughs> um, they have different uh, appetites and tastes. They, you know, find some foods uh, just absolute delicacies that, you know, I find a little more revolting. Like, uh, you know, a pretty popular thing is uh, ground cow tongue. Apparently in many parts of the world, ground tongue is a, uh, ground cow tongue is a delicacy. Uh, and apparently in South America, it tastes great on tacos. <laughs> and I actually did try it once. Um, it was, it was, it was okay. Uh, but I know, yeah, right. Um, but you know, they have different tastes and appetites. They have different values, um, than many of our nation. And some of the fundamental beliefs that you and I as Americans kind of take for granted and just assume as matter of fact, um, you know, many of those individuals living here as foreigners, as, as resident aliens, as people, you know, here maybe just passing through, the, the beliefs and values that you and I are baptized into as Americans and, you know, take for granted, they have questions about, you know, and some of them are good questions and, and, you know, promote interesting conversations with, you know, it's interesting to have a conversation with uh, a person who doesn't believe that they have any constitutionally granted uh, inalienable rights. Um, but, you know, you may have conversations with people from other countries that they like, freedom of speech, you know, yeah, that's great if you can have it, but that's not a fundamental human right, right? <laughs> um, and you and I would never question the the right to the freedom of speech or to practice our religion as we see fit or 
um, the freedom of the press. You and I take those things for granted and we consider them uh, essential values as Americans and what it means to be an American. And, and one of the things that, you know, distinguishes us from other nations that, you know, because other nations don't have constitutions like we have and they don't make fundamental assumptions about rights like we do. Um, and so some people question that. And in good ways and maybe sometimes bad. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, these foreigners, they, they, they ultimately have a different way of thinking and values that we as Americans do not. Well, folks, at the end of the day, that's kind of how we're supposed to be as the church, right? If we're supposed to be our own holy nation, if we're supposed to be living in this world as aliens and strangers, um, as people just passing through, as people who are in this world but not of it, as people who are in America but not of America, um, as the church, we're ultimately supposed to, you know, be kind of like these foreigners that I'm just talking about. Uh, people who have different ways of talking, different ways of living, who have different appetites, who have different values, who have different fundamental assumptions and aspirations about life and the world and how we interact with it. Um, because as Christians, we ultimately live under the belief that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he was resurrected from the grave, and that he lives to this day as King of kings and Lord of lords, and that all authority has been given to him on heaven and on earth. That should really shape <laughs> us in a way that makes us ultimately very incompatible, um, ultimately with uh, maybe the direction our country often goes on a lot of things. Things that, that people that are Democrats and people that are Republicans would ultimately have us to believe um, and would even have us to believe uh, regarding things that are political that they would say, well, that's essential to Christianity. And, you know, I'm not here to sit here and get into debate about those particular issues. I mean, we could toss them out there, be it abortion or immigration or you know, issues regarding justice and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, another conversation for another day, whatever. Um, but it is interesting to see how much of the political environment that we live in as Americans ultimately informs and shapes and, and, and you know, messes with our faith. Because I believe more often than not, that uh, so many of us live plugged into Fox News, so many of us live plugged into CNN, that we have become disciples of CNN, we have become disciples of Fox News, when we're supposed to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, many of you have been more discipled by the likes of, of Sean Hannity and Wolf Blitzer um, than you have uh, Jesus Christ and some of the elders and pastors and uh, individuals like that at your church. <laughs> and that's a dangerous place to be, and I see it all the time. I see it all the time. And if you were honest with yourself, you would step back and you would acknowledge that you see it all the time too. Um, and, you know, I know, but you say, but Jimmy, you know, Republic, Christianity and Republicanism and Christianity and Democrats, and they're not compatible. Uh, Republic, Christians can't be compatible with Democrats. Or some of you would say Christians can't be compatible with Republicans and, and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, 
You know, if you're living in that realm, <laughs> if you're living with that mindset, uh, you know, you are far too American at the end of the day. As, as a Christian, my values, my beliefs, the lifestyle I want to live, it's supposed to transcend all of that, folks. It's not supposed to get caught up in there. And I worry as we become a nation that becomes increasingly polarized, in which the acid test of our faith uh, often ends up being who we voted for. If, if I were as a Christian to say I voted for Joe Biden, or if I as a Christian were to say I voted for Donald Trump, some of you would excommunicate me from your, your church. <laughs> you would say, I have denied the faith. That I'm not a Christian because no, there's no way a Christian could vote for Donald Trump. And there's no way a Christian could vote for Joe Biden. Or, or there's no way a Christian could abstain from voting altogether. And I say, yes, a Christian could vote for all of the above. <laughs> and to do so with, uh, you know, with a clean and clear conscience. Now, why you vote may be another matter. And, you know, what ultimately shaped the decision and uh, which the way, um, you know, you ultimately decided in your mind, I'm going to vote for this candidate. You know, maybe we could talk about that and maybe we could make some moral judgments about your your thinking process because uh, some of you got broken thinking processes when it comes to voting, in my opinion. Uh, but I digress. Um, but at the end of the day, if we are in this world and not of this world, then we need to be in keeping with that philosophy. We need to be in America, but not of America. We need to be in the Democrat Party, but not of the Democrat Party. We need to be in the Republican Party, but not of the Republican Party. We need to be in the Libertarian Party, but not of the Libertarian Party. You know, we should be able to find ourselves as Christians um, kind of all over the place when it comes uh, to some of these identity politics sort of stuff. Uh, you know, we shouldn't be able to be comfortable in any camp at the end of the day. And frankly, we should make most of the camps that we're in pretty uncomfortable. The Republicans should no, long, so should no more be comfortable with Christians than Democrats should be comfortable with Christians than Libertarians should be comfortable with Christians. At the end of the day, if as, as Christians we are living our faith out in this world properly, I believe we will make the entire system uncomfortable uh, with with our politics. And why? Because you know, our politics are ultimately informed by the opinion that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is King of kings and Lord of lords, uh, that all ha authority has been given to him on heaven and earth. Our political party at the end of the day is not an elephant and it's not a donkey. It's, it's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And as individuals who are ultimately foreigners, as individuals who are living as foreigners in exile, um, we're supposed to be like the Jews were in ancient Israel. If you recall from your history, if you recall from your biblical history, um, the ancient Jewish people uh, were um, sent into exile back in 586 BC by Babylon the Great, King Nebuchadnezzar, um, ended up raiding and destroying the, the nation of Israel, the, uh, or I'm sorry, the nation of Judah, um, and the city of Jerusalem. And they ended up destroying the temple, um, ransacking the city, and sending thousands upon thousands of people who lived in that city into exile. 
and a lot of the prophetic literature that you read in the Old Testament in the Hebrew Bible, it ultimately talks about having to live as Jews who are no longer able to go to the temple, who are no longer able to enjoy the promised land that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants forever. Um, but instead they found themselves as a people without a home, as people living as uh, God's people in a foreign country, um, in a nation that was not theirs. Um, and I think we would do well to identify with those ancient Jews who went into exile as being exiles ourselves, as Christians living in this world, as Christians living in America, or as Christians living in whatever country you frankly live in. I know not everybody who listens to this podcast, although the vast majority of you are American, um, imagine for a second as an American Christian um, that you found yourself in Canada, or imagine that you found yourself in Great Britain, or imagine you found yourself in Russia, or imagine you found yourself in South Africa. If you believe that, you know, your identity is bound up as an American or as, as a Republican or a Democrat, imagine living in one of these other nations where they have no Republicans, where they have no Democrats, where they have no United States Constitution and all the rights granted to us uh, as a result of that Constitution, or rights recognized, rather, uh, as a result of that Constitution. You know, imagine living in those countries. How would you live then Would if you were... In one of these other countries, would you immediately start calling for a revolution such as we had 244 years ago in 1776 with uh, Tommy J and uh, Uncle Benjamin? <laughs> you know, would you would you uh, be of that persuasion? Would you be like, well, we need to go ahead and establish, uh, we need to go ahead and overthrow our tyrannical governments and establish uh, a nation founded in liberty? <laughs> would you be that way? Um, or would you say, hey, I'm uh, now in this country, so I'm going to have um, to live as somebody who is a foreigner? Um, and how would that impact your faith if you could no longer identify as a Republican or identify as a Democrat or identify as a Libertarian? If you were suddenly living in a country without uh, the red, white, and blue, if you were suddenly living in a country without Democrats or Republicans or Constitution... Um, I almost think some of you would kind of go into kind of a schizophrenic fit uh, over the concept because your your identities have been so bound up in being an American and have been so bound up in being a Democrat and Republican and you don't know how to think or how to vote or how to live your life apart from that. Although, you know, maybe if I could say one thing about it, Maybe your Facebook feeds would be happier places <laughs> because you wouldn't know what polit political party to identify with if you suddenly found yourself in another country. Uh, so you would just, you know, go back to using Facebook for the intention Facebook was uh, used for, to track relationships, to track jobs, and to post pictures of foods and cat. And the two are not the same, by the way. Um, uh, but, you know, you would, you would ultimately uh, start living your life a bit differently, I would say. And as Christians living in America, well, we should go ahead. We, we should have the mindset as a Christian in America, um, as, you know, a Canadian Christian coming to live in America would, or a Canadian or a Christian from Australia coming to America would, or a Christian uh, from Russia coming to America would. Because at the end of the day, our loyalty, our identity, our politic, 
uh, ain't hinging on all that stuff, or it shouldn't be. Um, instead, we need to be as individuals who ultimately live out our faith with a sense of detachment from America or whatever nation in the world we might happen to live in. We can don't get me wrong, we can love it. Uh, you know, the, uh, the prophet Jeremiah told the exiles living in uh, Babylon from Jerusalem, he told them to, you know, pray for the nation, the welfare of the nation where God has sent you, marry, plant vineyards, build homes, uh, have children, and all that sort of stuff. And, and that's what you and I should do. We should live as individuals who have jobs. We should have wives and children and um, we should pray for the, whatever nation we are to prosper. We should be able to say, God bless America. We should be able to say, God bless Canada. We should be able to say, God bless the United Kingdom. God bless Russia. God bless China. God bless Brazil. God bless South Africa. God bless Australia. Uh, except for the Vegemite that they eat. The Vegemite thing is terrible, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I digress. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, we should look to God to bless whatever nation we are in just as he has, you know, this nation. Um, and I do believe this nation has experienced uh, the blessings of God. Um, but that blessings that we have experienced as, as America is fundamentally no different than the multitude of blessings that God has poured on China and Russia and Brazil and the United Kingdom and Canada and Australia and South Africa and all those other nations of the world. And we need to recognize that. That for all the uniqueness of America and all the beauty of America as Christians that, that living in America, that we recognize this. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to also live with an attachment, realizing, you know, as exceptional as America might be, America is still the world. And according to the Apostle John, for all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And that's all this world is, whether it's America, United Kingdom, Canada, Great Britain, uh, you know, South Africa, what, whatever. You know? America is fundamentally no different than the rest of it at the end of the day. And it has the same natural grace that all the other nations of the world have. And even though there are exceptional things about America, in the eyes of God himself, there is nothing exceptional about America other than what's exceptional about the rest of the world. <laughs> At all. Hate to tell you. Hate to tell you in case you didn't figure it out already. But America... Let me, let me spoil the ending here for you. According to the Bible, America doesn't last forever. According to the prophet Daniel, all the nations of the world will one day suffer judgment. And the kingdom of God will be established. And his kingdom will know no end, according to the prophets. And it will expand forever and ever and ever. And it alone, of all the nations of this world, will endure. So we need to live as Christians with this mindset that, yes, we love the nations that we live in. They're wonderful. God has a unique flavor about each nation, I will say, um, and each people. And he has determined ultimately the times and habitations and boundaries of all nations. But all nations are ultimately going to be subject to judgment, and all nations are ultimately destined to fail. It all gets cast down in the end. Um, I talked about in a prior podcast, in one hour, 
her judgment came. That's not only of some future Ristic city, <laughs> uh, some mystery Babylon, uh, you know, some Antichrist ruled place. That's the fate of all the world, folks. But the, the good news of the gospel is that the kingdom of God has been given for this world. And Jesus Christ has commanded that all men everywhere should be baptized and they should repent. They should be baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Not the American flag. Not the Canadian flag. Not the British flag. Not the Chinese flag. But in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be careful what you get yourself baptized into, folks. (laughs) You know, because it can ultimately distort who you are. Um... And I believe if it ends up distorting who you are, then you're going to find yourself, you know, suffering the same fate that the rest of the world does when the rest of the world um, is subject to judgment. That's why the Apostle John in the book of Revelation could say, come out of her, my people. Uh, Be separate. Um, Don't receive of her plagues. Don't receive of her judgments. You know, we got to live with that detachment. Instead, we need to have our eyes and hearts uh, glued to the kingdom of God and our loyalties to Jesus Christ alone and our identity wrapped up in who he is and who he has made us to be. And he has made us to be a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that we may ultimately proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's who we are, folks, and that's who we're supposed to become. So let us, for all the great things I could say about America, and I wish her a happy birthday, you know, great nation, proud to live here. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, as a Christian, I'd be happy to live in any nation of the world. Don't get me wrong. I love America. I don't plan on moving. Um, I do take a little comfort in knowing you know, that I live under the shadow of the red, white, and blue. <laughs> um, but with that said, I live with a sense of detachment. And even though I have a patriotic heart for this country and listening to the national anthem or America the Beautiful, you know, or seeing firecrackers at the 4th of July gets, you know, me all warm and fuzzy on the inside and feeling all patriotic and you know, makes me feel like be like, hooray, America! You know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, at the end of the day, this 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 country is not mine, and it's one day to ultimately fail. So I can't live for it. I instead have to live my life for Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. I need to ultimately realize that even though I'm in this world, I'm not of this world. And even though I'm in America, I'm not of America. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy'sTable.com, episode 66, In America But Not of America. I'd love to hear your feedback. Jimmy at Jimmy'sTable.com is my email address. I'd love to hear from you on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you on Facebook. Uh, Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to like. Be sure to share this podcast with others. It's available at jimmystable.com. Uh, but, you know, it's also available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and all the other places that you get your podcast. So be sure to subscribe. Be sure to 
Be sure to leave reviews if uh, the podcast software you uh, listen on to this on allows you to leave reviews. Please do that. Um, I really enjoy hearing from you all and interacting with you all. And if you uh, have something to share with me about this, and, and you know if I've stirred you a little bit, reach out to me. Uh, as I like, as I used to say regularly, um, but we can't really do it uh, during this uh, pandemic situation. I'd love to get a cup of coffee with you. I'd love to sit down from the table and discuss these things. Um, we might have to do that through a Zoom meeting. I don't know. Uh, kind of going to depend. But uh, reach out to me. Um, if you know me in person, I'd love to uh, sit down and and chat with you in whatever ways are possible these days. Um, So take care, everybody. God bless, and happy birthday, America, Um, and happy birthday to me. Don't forget, it's my birthday, too, this uh, 4th of July week. My birthday's not on 4th of July, but, uh, you know, it is on this week. So uh, wish me a happy birthday. I'd love to hear from you. (laughs) And if you want to buy me a present, uh, you know, we can make arrangements. So I'll share you. Uh, I'll share my mailing address if you want to send me something in the mail. So take care, everybody. God bless. Do you see the light? What light? Have you seen the light? Yes! Yes! I have seen the light! Air smudge.